welcome back to another episode of the ADN Podcast. Today, we have such an exciting guest with us, Dean from Grape Network. Hey, Dean. Hi, Shikai. Pleasure to be here. Indeed. We're really excited to be chatting about social tokens as well as Solana and how the Grape Network plays a part in the Solana ecosystem, specifically on the social token front. And of course, for those of you who do not know Grape, I'm sure most people would have heard of Solana, then uh, you will know of Grape as the project that broke Solana in a way, (laughs) Uh, just as a quick intro. Uh, I hope that's not a too negative of of a start, but would you like to just kick us off with a one-liner intro of yourself and Grape Network in that context? Oh, in in the... uh, the, (laughs) However uh, context you want. Yeah. Mixed feelings on it being us, you know, uh, really uh, Solana is uh, it was so popular and is so popular at that time. Anybody on Radium um, uh, IDOing would have uh, had the same result, I think, you know, like, hey, our project is, is awesome. But uh, I really think that it's just one of those things where Radium is so good at selecting um Awesome projects, and you know we had seen something earlier with uh, Star Atlas uh, the week before we IDO'd. So you know we're happy that it it, it gave us the marketing push. You know I even have my Radium shirt. Huge fan of Radium. Um, it loved the marketing push it gave. Right that hey Grape broke Solana, but uh, it, you know it, it has nothing to do with Grape uh, specifically, other than you know we're, we're we were really popular. We're really popular. All right. Yeah, it goes to show how popular that particular uh, issuance on Radium was. But of course, coming back to actually, you know, who you are and what Grip Network is, uh, I always like to go to the crypto journey or the Web3 journey of all the founders and core contributors that come through the pod, right? So would you like to share with us, you know, how did you get into this whole space and how did you get to Solana specifically and then come to Grip Network? Yeah, so... Uh, I've been uh, exposed to crypto since 2014. I was fortunate enough to, to hear about Bitcoin. And, you, you know, I, I'm not going to act like I fully understood everything uh, back then. But, um, you know, that's that's how I got into my journey. And then once uh, the bull market uh, really took place in 2017 and then dipped in 2018, that's when... I'd spent so much time consuming uh, more content and reading more that I said, okay, I want to spend all of my time in this industry. So um, soon after I went on, there's a website, AngelList, it's great for, for applying to, uh, to a lot of startups. I went to AngelList, I applied to everything under the sun, uh, from, from internship position all the way to CEO to, to everything I could find. Had a lot of great interviews, uh, got to meet a lot of uh, protocols in the beginning and uh, found myself working with uh, a protocol that was based out in China. Uh, so I got to live there for a while and uh, work on um, the, the, the L1 uh, layer of like thinking about how you do uh, consensus. And soon after, I joined uh, Marlin Protocol, which is a layer zero uh, solution for how uh, nodes and uh, miners communicate to each other. It's very similar to Bloxroot uh, for routing the information. Um, and then after that, I joined uh, Ethereum Classic, 
which uh, was a master class in uh, decentralization and organizing because, you know, uh, say what you want about uh, Ethereum Classic as far as its size or, you know, uh, applications running on it, it, super decentralized, you know, like uh, there's not even a canonical, there's not even one GitHub that everybody agrees that's where the, uh, where the get client uh, resides. So learned a lot there. And then um, when I recently moved back to Greece, I spent more time with uh, some of my friends, one of them being a uh, Wales friend. And um, that, you know, set off a whole new exploration of uh, other coins other than, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum. When we discovered Solana, uh, we, we, you know, the entire group of us uh, fell in love because uh, the the user experience was just so superior to anything we had uh, experienced so far. Uh, transactions were going really fast. You had no sense of uh, a transaction cost, you know, near zero on almost every single transaction. Uh, so discovering that uh, really framed that anything we were going to be building uh, in the future would be on Solana. Uh, now, how did we get to the idea of, of um, you know, building in the space that we are in Web3 and uh, social tokens? Well, um, you know, there's, there's, there's multiple parts to it. Uh, one was, you know, Wales friend and, and, and myself, we were applying uh, to try roll on Ethereum to have a community. And we, we didn't uh, get accepted into the program. So, you know, that was an interesting experience, right? Uh, seeing how centralized that decision-making process is and um, saying, okay, we really want to do this and we weren't permitted, let's say, by, by, this, by this tech stack. And that's kind of built, you know, an idea of building out our own tech stack. Additionally, I was part of the, uh, and I, I'm still part of the whale community. That's another social token on Ethereum. With whale, I got attracted by these uh, games that they have that are exclusive only to whale holders. Uh, one of the games was brilliant. It, it hasn't really taken off. Maybe it, you know, next NBA season it will. Uh, it's called Swish. And what it allowed you to do was pick a lineup using your own NBA top shots. And then you would compete with that lineup. I loved it, right? Because now I had, you had a use case for your NFT here. And it was a different style of, of fantasy, of fantasy sports. So um, you could only play in that league if you were part of Whale. So had the Whale coin, got to experience uh, Collab Land, got to experience uh, TipCC. And by experiencing those, I was realizing, okay, this entire user experience can be better if it's under one umbrella and if that tech stack also has its own community. So what we've, you know, got together and created that grape, which uh, started off from a hackathon. It was the Solana season hackathon um, back in May, and we, we play second on that. Uh, we realized that by, by building these three things, the tri-roll, which allows for creator coins, um, the collab land, which allows for gating, and then the TIPCC, which allows for payments within the DAO. Once you have those three, you can enable, you know, at, at the base layer, you can enable these community tokens. Um, of course, you need to have some sort of governance, which is something we're working on with Solana Labs. And then on the other side, we made our own community, which is the Grape community. Um, 
None of those other tech stacks I mentioned, Tri-Roll, Collab, Land, TipCC, have their own community. And I think that that's one of the massive strengths we have is we have a tech stack that the community can give input in and, and get feedback and iterate. So all these ideas that we're having come directly from this community we're having. It's, it's, a, it's a great symbiotic uh, relationship. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how we got here. Awesome. Wow. That is indeed a long journey all the way from layer one, layer zero, and then trying out different communities and now building your own tech stack on Solana itself. That's, that's really interesting. And so the, that kind of like brings the color of your kind of experience bringing in the layer one uh, kind of expertise to the product itself and the importance of decentralization and the importance of like having a very good user experience as we experience with Solana, as well as all of the products under one umbrella, right? So would you like to just now dive a bit deeper into then what the product suite of Grape protocol looks like? You already covered those three. I understand there's some details as well, such as the dynamic balance-based membership, Right? And we love to go into some technical details too on which parts are centralized or decentralized on-chain, off-chain, as you'd like to experience. Yeah, so um, the premier tool today is the Grape Access uh, tool, which is what allows us to gate um, on Discord specifically. Now, you know, I'll focus there first, then we can talk about some of the other tools and, and um, iterations on Grape Access, because now we also have Grape Access for Twitter. Um, now, when it comes to Discord, uh, that interaction is centralized, right? Um, at the moment, we, we had a design decision to make around privacy. And anything you put on chain, it's going to be very hard for you to untangle that and remove that, that link later. Um, so, so privacy goes out the window. Um, that's not a problem, but it is a problem if you're still in building mode and you don't know exactly what you'll need to store and what those connections will eventually lead to. So in this, you know, early exploration phase, everything we're doing is, is off chain as far as the, um, the, the link between somebody's Discord ID and somebody's uh, address. So the way the, the product works is you go on to your Discord, you'll see usually if you join a community's discord you'll see maybe two three channels and then nothing else it's because all the other ones are hidden until you've proven that you hold either a uh, token and an nft a certain amount of tokens an nft with a certain trait um so once you've uh given access uh, to your uh, discord id uh, we can then put that link with your wallet. You'll sign a transaction. We, we have people sign a transaction. It's just a click of a button, but the, the tech part is it's signing. Uh, and it's signing with Grape. And that's how we can irrefutably prove that the person who controls this Discord also controls this address. Um, and that's something that, you know, there's other tools that are making links, but they don't go that extra step of proving um, irrefutably that these two are, are controlled by the same person. Mm. Um, now on the, uh, you know, dynamic way we can set roles, uh, everything is happening by, you know, making an RPC call and, and reading the blockchain, reading the wallet. Um, so when it comes to things like traits, that metadata exists in the NFT. Uh, so we can see that, okay, you do have a monkey and you have a sombrero on your monkey, okay, you can now go into the Sombrero DAO. Um, 
Now, once you've done that, it wasn't a you know huge leap uh, creatively. It was more on the tech side um, to allow us to then create multiple configurations. And we've set this up for a few uh, discords. The, the best example would be the Solarians, where they have nine different uh, types of uh, robots, of Solarian NFTs. If you control every single one of them, you'll then unlock a 10th channel called Commander, uh, which you know is the, you have every single one of those Solarians. Um, and uh, I think now we're going to be experimenting along with, with partners to do some of the, the things that Guild uh, on Ethereum has been unlocking. Guild now is a, is a interface that lets people set up these DAOs. I believe it's still in, um, in alpha. It allows people to set up DAOs in saying, okay, you need to have this token and this NFT and this token. Now, so far, we don't have many examples of, of a need for this in Solana, but um, we're, we're excited to experiment, you know, on those kind of, uh, of uh, on those kind of interactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like it's really flexible, right? You can look at, you know, is it tokens, number of tokens, NFTs, traits and NFTs, combinations of NFTs and tokens or even LP tokens, right? So a lot of this can be done. Uh, and partly it's because you have uh, flexibility in the centralized place, which also protects people's privacy. Uh, one thing I'm curious to learn about, which I saw on the website, is around the metadata of the community interactions itself, right? So you talk about the accounts, the roles, the contributions, the achievements that each member of these communities uh, perform, and these can be recorded as well, either with their membership or somehow on-chain or somehow related to their token. Is this already, you know, live? Is it in the works? How does it work in the backend? So this is, you know, still something that's, that's being worked on, and it's going to be a while. Um, reputation is, is what we're building, right? Um, and there, it's still such a uh, young, uh, you know, place. No one's really built it out. And, you know, one of the things we realize while we're in this is you need to make it that no one can abandon their reputation. That's uh, very important, and it's a, it's a concept you don't think about, uh, you know, naturally. So it doesn't mean to abandon your reputation. If somebody created a model where I can update an NFT and put the reputation data there, the moment you have any bad reputation, you'll just send your NFT to a different wallet. Um, so it's very important that when you think about reputation, it, it also comes with... Um, a mechanic to make sure that that reputation just can't be discarded or sent to somebody else, sold to somebody else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So right now we're still, it's still maybe on Discord or some centralized solution, but eventually we want to then put in more on-chain and that's the beginning of some sort of on-chain identity uh, as well as reputation. But for now, then uh, this kind of data actually is valuable and sits with the Grape Network. So it's all within the Discord, and it's all handled uh, by by members. So the structure of the Grape community, and we can you know dive in more into the Grape community later, um, is a DAO sub DAO structure. So we have sub DAOs that include designers, researchers, community creators, developers, different sub DAOs. Um, they these people get to decide who joins and then receives the role. So 
it's centralized in the process that the only way to assign a role in Discord is as a Discord owner, right? So that's centralized. But the selection process is all happening, you know, in a decentralized uh, fashion. Um, and I'm very okay with that. You know, one of the things I think anybody looking to build a DAO or, or get into this needs to be extremely comfortable having centralized processes. It's, it's inevitable, um, you know, because there is no way to have many of these things in any other fashion. Um, what's important is the ethos, right? That you give everybody the ability to be part of the community, to be part of the decision-making, uh, that there's transparency and auditability on every decision. So we really um, force as much conversation to happen in public. Uh, today, for example, we were uh, approached by um, another Solana project uh, to discuss a partnership. I said, would love to discuss this. Has to happen on a public stage. So, you know, this Wednesday, we're going to have another public talk with, uh, with one of these partners. Um, that's an example of how you can make things more decentralized while still being centralized. People will naturally come to, you know, me and other core contributors because we're the public faces of Grape. But uh, as long as we can be very um, uh, consistent in saying, look, you know, would love to have this conversation, has to happen in public. As, as often as you can do that, right, it's still centralized, but we're, we're doing everything we can to make it decentralized. Um, on the on the reputation side, everything is discussed and voted upon by by these individuals who you know they're not part of the core contributors. Uh, but long term, I think there's a way where all of that is stored on a token. Uh, that token would have to be non-transferable. I think um, one of the important things you need to think about is how the passage of time is is very is a very high metric to to um, to counting someone's reputation, uh, and we can we can discuss the philosophy around that too. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I can go on tangents for for days, so I'll stop there. Okay, that's, that's a good pause, right? Because I think you touched on what a critical idea, which is the idea of like embodying what we call the Web three values or the community first values, without necessarily being too hung up on like the definition of all being decentralized and so on, as long as actually the decision-making, the conversations are, are being transparent, are being community-led, uh, it's okay that some platforms or solutions being used are centralized for now as we move towards better solutions in the future, right? And I think uh, we can see the results of that uh, with so many partners agreeing, uh, pragmatically speaking, to go ahead and integrate in the great protocol, right? And right now we're looking at something like 362 partners, is that right? I, I I think you know the number better than me. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's insane. It it has to be probably the widest reach in the Solana ecosystem at this point, right? I I can be very confident in saying yes to that. Um, virtually every single NFT uses Grape today. Um, we're not. We're we're also onboarding um, DeFi protocols. We just onboarded Port Finance. Um, we also have Marinade and Sabre and, and a few others, too. Um, the first 12 weeks of Grape's existence as a protocol, we onboarded um, maybe 10 projects. Uh, and along with those 10 projects, 5,000 wallets. 
in the subsequent 12 weeks, we're now at 360 projects and over 120,000 wallets. Um, so not only do we have, you know, the widest uh, reach as far as, you know, interacting with uh, you know, all the partners in Solana, all the projects in Solana. Um, if, if we look at Phantom as being like the, the de facto wallet, which has around, what, 1.2 million users, which is a huge number, we've got over one-tenth of those, in, you know, connected to Discord. So I think there's a very high penetration um, and uh, now that we've also connected Twitter, I think that we're going to see a lot of people verifying like that too. Uh, we did that with Bonfita. Hmm. Super exciting. Now, exactly when you talk about uh, Twitter integration, Discord integration, let's go into how does it look like for the partners, right? Because, you know, I understand that a part of it is actually on the Grape Discord itself, and you can have certain token gated channels, but on their servers as well, and on their Twitter accounts, you can have certain level of verification. So what does being a partner with Grape Network mean? Yeah, so really it means that you now run the verification on your own server. Um, that's that's basically what it means. As far as you know, the work component, um, not a lot. We, uh, we handle everything. Um, from from setup to you know uh, uh, troubleshooting to you know the tutorial on how to sign up, uh, we want to go as wide as possible. So we will provide all the resources for that. It it also you know what's the the negative to this? It it slows down our queue. We would love to be able to set up you know five thousand people a day. It's it's impossible. But uh, that uh, that's that uh, you know double edged sword. Um, so what we're doing is, you know, walk, walking the partner through the thought process. Okay, you want to make a gate. Well, what are you gating, right? Um, what do you want to call these holders? What's the lore behind it, right? Because you can start to make a, a community and, and there are certain names that are going to make people feel more um, involved than just saying, you know, NFT holder, right? You want to say something that, that, that brings the lore in. So, you know, for our community, for example, if you're holding, you know, if you're an A-class member, you're called a gorilla. If you're a B-class member, you're a great ape. And if you're a C-class, you're a gibbon. Uh, so as much as possible, we stick to that, you know, uh, primates monkey motif. And, and it, again, it speaks to community. Um, then there's language around the verification channel. How do you make that more for specifically for your community? Um, we like to give as much um, feedback on these ideas because sometimes people, you know, have an idea like, okay, I want to make a role just for anybody holding 100 of the NFTs. And it's like, why do you want one person to have a channel to talk to themselves? Like, what's, what's your goal here? Uh, you know, sometimes people don't really think about, you know, the full, uh, you want to have at least like 10 people to be able to have their own dedicated channel. And even then it's not the greatest experience. Hmm. Hmm. I see. So they basically manage their own servers and you help them think through how to set it up. Right. And in that process, I'm sure you get exposed to so many different communities and so many different ideas of how do you structure them? I'd love to just hear from some of these examples before we go to the great ape community itself, right? The grape community itself, right? So what, what are some highlights you'd like to share uh, from the partners and what are some interesting, you know, mechanisms and structures and success stories that you want to share with us today? Yeah. So, you know, on the voting side, I know the degenerate ape Academy has, um, has innovated there. 
they use they use Grape and they use uh, our API. So we also have released an API where our partners can can query information around their membership uh, direct directly from us. Um, and you know that's a service we've been providing for everybody. But again, manually now we have the API. So DJ Apes use that information, and then in combination with the Discord bot that I believe they created they were able to then say, okay, you get one vote for every ape you have, and they were able to host their entire voting in Discord. Um, you know, one could argue that's centralized, but again, they're using decentralized information and, and ownership mm -hmm. to substantiate the voting weight uh, per person. Um, so I think that that's a great example of, of, uh, of innovation there. Um, then there's, you know, other servers like the Interstellar Alliance, which is a guild specifically focused on Star Atlas. But because they're Solana wide, they've made different channels for different NFTs. So if you want to be, you know, a Star Atlas fan and also you have a monkey, there's a channel for you. If you're a Star Atlas fan, you know, part of the guild and you also have a Solarian, there's another channel for you. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's another example of, of how um, those were used differently. And then. On the DeFi side, um, we've uh, we've done um, a partnership with uh, Port Finance, where anyone who was holding Grape and had access to the Port Finance uh, gate, they had to hold Port, you know, Port as well. Uh, they would get a bonus on their staking on Port, um, and and then I think that that's a really smart use of the tool set because, you know, from from my DeFi projects perspective, all the liquidity is homogenous. You know, they look at this, there's 10 million staked here. But what if I told you that 1 million of that really knows what's going on? You know, that, that one tenth of that pool, 1 million of that pool, they're in your Discord, they know the names of your developers, they know your roadmap by heart. How would you treat them differently? Because that liquidity is probably stickier. They, they probably are, are uh, passionate fans. Um, so I really like what Port did there. Um, I know that, you know, there's a number of projects that, uh, have some other ideas, uh, coming out on how you can reward, um, people who are, who are super fans. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So we're seeing some level of cross, uh, like within the, uh, community itself, right. You can do voting because it's verified. You can have cross pollination with other projects, uh, with like gating of combinations and, uh, even, you know, more, more innovative stuff that, uh, you just mentioned as well. So, uh, it's, it's really exciting to see all that. Plus I think there's one thing about grape network itself that, uh, every community actually you're thinking about having an embassy even right of uh, grape token holders to represent like your community's contributions in each of these projects, uh, then you can kind of have a relationship with them. Is this also kind of uh, in place already? So what we've, uh, this is, you know, this is very new. We've, we've talked about different ambassador concepts right now. Um, so all of our votes and all of our proposals happen on discourse. Um, so we use discourse and we've, we have a bot that connects discourse with uh, discord and, um, all of our proposals and votes go there. There was a proposal that was put up recently called the Grape Gate uh, channel. And the, and the concept is this. Every time we set up Grape on those 360 servers you mentioned, we usually set up with three channels. One is the Grape verification channel. Another one is, is a FAQ channel. 
That way, you know, people know how to go through the process. And the third one is a feedback channel where people can talk either with the team or, or somebody on Grape to resolve whatever issues they have. Well, somebody came up with an idea, I think it's a great idea, for a fourth channel. And that fourth channel can act like a, we're talking like a grapevine across Solana, where different projects can use this, this channel to, to spread and broadcast you know, new events, IDOs, airdrops, whatever. Um, because we are in the unique uh, position where we have a presence on all these servers. So I'm excited to, to, to see that. Um, there, there's, there's like uh, literally today, somebody uh, updated the proposal. That's why, uh, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, and there were five approaches shared. One is that uh, we can um, share uh, about great membership benefits. So make it a very grape centric channel. Um, there's another idea though, to, to make it a kind of like an announcement channel where any, um, project could, could announce through it. You know, currently we don't charge anything for grape access and we set up everything. Like even though we'll discuss, Hey, this is our recommendations. Those recommendations we make, we're the ones implementing it, right? We, we, we take care of everything on the setup side. Um, we are going to have to monetize at some point. One way we could monetize is, is having a channel like this and either, you know, charging rent or charging per tweet or whatever, per post. Um, but I like the idea, you know, having a, a eventually decentralized communication layer uh, across every single DAO. Mm, mm. Yeah, we think we're getting to some really exciting territory here right? because it's not just kind of a gating, but now it's a communication channel, right? That uh, the grape community can speak to them or they can kind of like speak back and vice versa. And so I think this is a great segue to, to talk about the grape community itself, right? When people want to tap into that community and that sets you apart from, like you mentioned, all the other tools that are just uh, tools. No, no, no offense, right? Uh, so let's talk about, you know, what... What is the grape community like, right? And uh, there's just a kind of sense that the mission or the manifesto was always around the Solana ecosystem, right? Getting people to learn about Solana, invest in Solana, learn about Solana projects. So is the grape network community essentially the Solana community? Is there some differentiation there? Uh, and, you know, within the grape community, are there some subdivisions that you like to highlight as well? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I would love for us to be recognized as that, you know, maybe the unofficial uh, Solana community. Um, and really our goal is exactly what you said is to, is to accelerate the growth of Solana, um, from, a, you know, if we're targeting different user types on a non-crypto side, we want to give a reason for people to get into crypto that might not have to do with traditional financial reasons. Um, a lot of discord users are gamers. So we we focus on having a lot of gaming tournaments everything from Call of Duty to poker to PUBG, League of Legends, and we pay out great. So the idea there is, you know, you're talking to one of your friends. You've been trying to convince them forever to get into crypto. They're not budging. Finally, you say, hey, I'm playing a tournament this week in the game that you all love. This person now can, can, can be converted, right? Because you're, 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 you're focusing on something they love, and here's a cool way for them to play competitively and also win something. Mm. Um, so, so that's, that's one of the things and one of the directions we focus for the non-crypto people. When it comes to core crypto people who 
are looking for more uh, edge, alpha, on, on their trades, uh, we have a whole team of researchers that are powered by, you know, designers and videographers to, to put their content in a nice fashion. Uh, we call that channel the Alpha Channel, Solana Alpha. Uh, it's only available to people who hold 20,000 grape, which is our highest membership tier. It's, it's such a powerful channel uh, as far as, you know, DeFi strategies being shared and like, hey, you have 10 minutes to take care of, you know, take advantage of this arbitrage moment or, or this mint or whatever. Um, it, it's very time sensitive, too. So um, that's an example of how we're using the membership to, to give uh, this edge and this community edge, right? It's community curated, and then it's only given to um, people who are, who are part of the membership. And then the third class of people are the people who want to work in, in Web3, who want jobs in Web3, who, who want to get involved in other crypto projects. What we do there, again, with these different sub-DAOs is we connect them with different projects. So... You know, um, you, let's say you've started a new project, you need a moderator. You come to us, we have a group of moderators, we can help plug you in with them. Um, you have uh, design needs, come to us, we'll, you know, again, give that opportunity back to the designers, you can get design uh, there. So we have a channel where um, other projects can also post their own job listings. Um, and then our own community continuously needs these things. Uh, so, so there's, there's something for everyone there. Um, if you're not in crypto today, you know, there's an easier way to get in you know, you, you don't need to get all the way to KYC yourself and, um, you know, pull out a credit card, get it, just install a wallet. And then one of your friends will send you some of their grade, you know, and that's it. You can play. Uh, you don't need to, you know, go into anything deep, um, on the crypto side, if you're a trader, uh, you 100% if you're involved in Solana trading, you're doing yourself a disservice to not be part of that channel. It's the highest it's 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 at the highest uh, tier for a reason. Uh, it's extremely valuable. Um, and then on the work side here, you can quickly plug into to every other project you want. You're a designer. You have passion to, to work more in Web3. Just come to Grape. Um, you can be part of the skill roles. Um, and then you join those sub DAOs. And then being part of that sub DAO, now you, uh, if you want, you can chime in on some proposals. Um, so I think that you know the the idea is to slowly get everybody exposed to these different um, interactions. And uh, we are continuously pulling on different projects and pulling them into uh, into Grape. So for example, uh, Fantasia app, they are a a fantasy sports uh, platform. Uh, we now have weekly Fantasia contests. Um, so it, it's an example of, you know, the Solana gaming uh, came out. We pulled it in and now have it as a weekly uh, use. Uh, we used to do this also with, um, uh, there was an NFT generator uh, where you would put in a name and then it would come up with its own art. You know, our community did the same thing too. The name's escaping. Ab Abstractive, I think, was the name. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, continuously trying to find more tools. Like right now we're looking at payments. Uh, we might, we're going to most likely use MeanFi or StreamFlow. Uh, those are both, uh, uh, protocols that enable 
streamed payments. And that's very important for, for a DAO, right? For a decentralized uh, organization, you need to be able to set it and forget it, right? It, that no one has, and no one's responsible for pressing that button. Um, and that's an, also an example of where you need to be very comfortable being centralized in some portions, and then over time move over to decentralized. Um, yeah, so on the membership side, uh, there are three memberships, and we've just re, uh, revamped the benefits to, to better explain it because people forget, and also there's just so much noise in this space. How could you possibly remember this stuff all the time? Um, so we have three tiers. There's the Gibbon, which is uh, 1,100, sorry, 1,040 grape. That's the lowest level. The second level is the Great Ape, which is 5,100. And the highest level is Class A, Gorilla, which is 20,400. Now, why are these weird numbers like 20,400, 5,100? Every month, we increase the cost of membership by 1% of whatever the base cost was when we first started. The reason we do that is because we also give a monthly emission to our members. So if you are a member from day one, you never have to put in a single grape ever again to remain as a member. And every month when the membership goes up, we're giving you that grape amount. So that all you have to do is continue to be a member. You're always going to do that. You're always going to get your grape. Why did you know? Why does that make sense? Because a lot of people will try game systems, right? Like, oh, I want to come in, play this poker game, get out. You know, it, just get in for the for the airdrop for the giveaway, get 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 out. By by setting this up, we we can create that history, and that history is the precursor for any reputation work we're gonna do. Uh, one of the most important things for reputation is that, that people are staying there with a history, right? You can't create a reputation if there's not a historical, you know, uh, long-lasting uh, view of, of activity. Um, so those are our three membership layers. I, I, I'm going to go on because uh, there's a okay. lot of information on this one. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I so, love it that there's uh, so much for everybody to to get into. I'd love to just touch a little bit on that, right? Because it seems like there's a lot happening, right? A lot of different utility, be it games, alpha, uh, you know, like news that's coming on, different partnerships that are coming on, jobs, uh, job boards and contributors, sub is being set up in the core protocol and, side, uh, economics. Giveaways, airdrops, beta testing. So we get those from all of our partner projects, you know, plenty of giveaways, beta testing. We then re we send them back into the community with the priority going first to the gorillas, then the great apes, then the gibbons. So nice. if you're a you know great ape, you have a five x chance of getting uh, one of those than if you were a gibbon. Right, right. So there's already so much value that's being created and, and kind of like distributed throughout a community, right? I'm most curious about. I think a lot of communities kind of struggle with this, especially I think DeFi projects, <laughs> which is who creates the value right uh and most of the thing time it's going to be like the core team that's you know like organizing these events you know like making uh making all the giveaways happen right uh creating the alpha as well so like how much of it's actually being generated from the community itself like from the core contributors and you know why are they doing it who are these people yeah so um you 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 highlight uh you know Obviously, this is the hardest part for, for everybody. And one of the things we're constantly forcing ourselves to do is not pay attention to certain areas. That if this is going to work, we can't be doing it. Um, so when it comes to our treasury, our treasury right now, 95% of the revenue in our treasury is a result of our grape access donations. Every time we set up grape, 
somebody gives a donation. Most of that work is handled by the, the core team, um, but a very large support group, which is our moderators, they, uh, they are in every single one of these servers helping people out, answering questions. They're in our server too. They're tagged as moderators, and every month they receive an emission you know, to, to compensate them for that um, interaction with the community, how they're helping the community grow. Their work is increasing the treasury for the community. The community then every month is voting an allocation to go to them. So this month, um, it was voted that the moderators, and now I'm looking at our discourse. This is all public information. Um, this uh, proposal was put up, um, uh, I think, uh, let me see, two days ago, uh, and it's received 31 votes, 100% voting yes to the pro, uh, to the uh, to the proposal we are giving our moderators um, a group of moderators are splitting 240,000 grape so that you know that's an example of who's doing the work it's these people who are not part of the team how are they, how is how is what they're getting decided the entire dao votes on proposals for how much they'll get and then the moderators themselves say this guy here he's no longer a moderator they tell one of us who we have the centralized control over role allocation, remove this person as a moderator. That's all public, right? That 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 this that discussion, that audit trail. That way everybody can say, oh, hey, I was removed. Why was I removed? Your peers said to remove you. Um, so it's self-policing. If they also see someone who's exhibiting uh, the skill to join their ranks, they say, hey, we really want this guy to be a moderator with us. Um yeah, so the, uh, the, the, the alpha, that's done by our researchers. It's very hard to join the researcher team. It's probably the hardest team, the hardest sub-DAO uh, to join. Um, the researchers, this epoch, they're, uh, they're sharing 120,000 grape. Um, on the, now, you know, all of these roles need help from other things. Like we have events, our organizers. Our organizers are sharing 70,000 grape this epoch. They need help getting flyers made, videos made for the events. So the designers and videographers also, you know, they're helping everybody. They're helping the researchers too. So it's, it's very um, symbiotic and uh, super transparent, right? Everybody knows how much each role is getting and everybody votes on it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think this really captures that spirit, right, of being community-led uh, and the core team, like, consciously deciding to not be involved so that uh, they can actually shine and be incentivized and be rewarded and then uh, give back to the community or, or like by enjoying these benefits of uh, having the grape itself. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 and every month we're getting better and better at not being, um, you know, super involved. Um, I want like there, there's there's moments where I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself because I want this community right like I've been looking for this community to join and now because I you know I'm one of the core contributors you know I have that feeling that I can't overly speak uh, so it's it's interesting you know I, I would love to, uh, to 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 see another uh, grape come up so I can uh, join that one as well. <laughs> right to experience the other side of the table that uh, you're not just like holding the keys and like ah you can't do anything. <laughs> I want I, I want to get a fair ability to to also uh, participate where it isn't a little like okay well you know 
you 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 get more of a say and that's not true you know i'm just i i i have more of a reason to make sure stuff gets done right so you know as much as possible we'll you know we'll, we'll have conversations always in public always recorded um one of the issues we're having right now is we have a treasury of nfts we have a lot of nfts like Everybody gives uh, some freebies, Everybody, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've received a lot of donations and super, you know, appreciative for it. Actually, we recently had a um, an airdrop that went back to the ten communities that donated the most value to us. Mm. Um, so we do pay attention to the donations. Anyway, the treasury has become unruly. It's huge, and it's a full time job. Like the other day, the uh, the caveman NFT. If you had a caveman, you were entitled to cave token. We had cavemen in our treasury. And I saw a tweet where somebody was talking about the emission for the cave uh, NFT. And I said, let me, let me see. Do we have some cavemen? I checked the treasury. We have two. And, you know, lo and behold, that's $3,000. Okay, you know, maybe not uh, life-changing uh, money for a lot of DAOs, but still it's an example of, you know, money that was owed, you know, that, that was entitled, the treasury was entitled to, that could have gone missing just because we have so many NFTs. Um, so now it's, okay, how do you manage it, right? And we've put it out there that we want a manager. If anybody's listening, we would love an NFT manager, somebody who can come up with the, the sell and buy strategy and whatnot. But because we want to make sure we have progress, we continuously say things like, okay, this is our plan. And if no one has come by, you know, this date, we're going to go forward with this plan because something has to be done. I think one of the important biases DAOs have to have today is a bias towards action. Uh, there is just too many, the, the, the whole decentralization uh, requirement is that you know there, there's time for people to have equitable decision making that slows things down too you don't want to go to a you know a halt so we we consciously say at this time i'm sharing what i'm gonna do if you want you can stop me or <laughs> get involved but there's no such thing as we're not going to take action right there there always has to be a movement forward mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a perfect kind of like lead on to you know how the governance is done, right? Like you said, you're kind of like a steward to make sure things get done and things keep moving. Uh, but at the same time, there's a certain kind of balance to decide which decisions then, like the NFT treasury one that you're like, okay, here's the default response and we're just going to go with it versus kind of like, hey, maybe let's set up a sub DAO. Maybe let's set up a role for this. Let's set up some incentives to crowdfund ideas, right? So how do you kind of like manage the process? Because sub DAO model seems to be working well, but you seem to make a decision, like which parts to decentralize and how, what, like to what extent is decentralized, what parts get voted on versus kind of decentralized decisions, right? Yeah, so what we've decided, um, and when I say we, I, I mean the DAO, um, is that uh, this is actually an ongoing discussion. Let me see if I can, uh, and I wish I could do share screen. We'll, we'll, we'll set that up for another time. Um, all of this is public. I'll share the uh, the links with you also. Um, so there's really going to be only um, three kinds of uh, proposals. One of them being for uh, 
emissions. In other words, you know, a proposal has to happen if it's going to request emissions. Um, then there has to be a proposal that will uh, change governance. And then there's just, you know, a proposal around um, uh, like a new initiative that's never been discussed before kind of thing. Um, I'm, I'm hazy on the exact names because I can't find it right now. No worries. But, we'll, uh, this we'll find that link. Yeah. We'll put so, it um, yeah. so uh, with uh, regards to like the sub-DAOs, the NFT treasury, first the idea was like, okay, uh, we need a treasury for this. We voted on a treasury. We didn't get a lot of uh, action from the treasury for whatever reason. Right. So um, instead of, you know, trying to just take action, we've been very slow on this because there's there's been this kind of like people are interested, but then they don't come through. And, you know, at the end of the day, no one's responsible. Right. It's hard to have responsibility in the DAO. It's look, this is what I would like to do. OK, did you do it or not? Um, I just shared some ideas for 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 new roles and I'm, I'm querying. Who in the community wants to have a role that doesn't have one today? Um, so I think that that's how we're going to continuously create these sub DAOs. Uh, people will discuss things, will ask for things, and and you know, ideally, somebody puts a proposal forward for a new sub DAO. We haven't gotten to that point yet, and sometimes it's it's a matter it's a matter of people getting comfortable or or seeing a precedent. Um, so like so far, all of our emissions proposals have come from core team members. I don't want that. I would love it if somebody else would put forward uh, an emissions proposal. That hasn't happened. Um, mm -hmm. If you're watching this and you're a great member, put please put one forward. That way we can have precedent, you know. Um, Actually, but we have maybe to do we should it. do it. <laughs> yes, go for it. I would love that. I mean, yeah, you guys also, you, you know, you're grape holders. Uh, so uh, you, you, should, you definitely should. Um, yeah, you know, there's the, anybody can put a proposal forward. Um, we we say seven days for a vote. If there needs to be an expedited vote, we say it's three days. Um, we've decided right now that there doesn't have to be any quorum. Um, and that was a uh, deliberate decision because we're still very early on in our exploration. Because as a group, we've decided to have bias towards action. Having a quorum requirement would you know, go against that. Um, you can't make a decision unless you have enough votes. You know, some votes people abstain because they have no context. Uh, there was a vote we recently had around um, incubating a new NFT project. We also in incubate the NFT projects, you know, and we're trying, you know, different things as a community. Uh, I only received three votes because a lot of people weren't, you know, they didn't have strong feelings either way, whereas our emissions vote had 31. Um, which is, you know, a very high level of activity. Hmm. Yeah. In fact, I think I've seen some of the proposals and surprisingly, it was pretty kind of like evenly matched. Right? I've seen some proposals that were voted down and some which were like kind of like contentious in the 50-50 way. And I think that's quite a refreshing engagement from the community members. So often people just kind of like, I don't know what's happening. I'm going to vote yes anyway, because I, they put in so much effort to create this proposal. It must have been discussed. Right? Let's just get it through. Right? And then the, maybe even the core team will ask, but hey, just vote yes, just vote yes. <laughs> but in this case, yeah. I, I see some real conversation happening. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's a few votes that have, yeah, quite a few votes have gone contentious. They've been voted down. Uh, we have uh, two calls a week. Um, 
And even that's an example of something that kills me, right? We have two calls a week, but both of those calls are at uh, 1 p.m. UTC. To be a really equitable DAO, you have to have one at 1 a.m. UTC or whatever that other time zone is, right? Um, same thing with language. Every DAO proposal is in English. And, you know, we've, we've kind of come to, to the current conclusion that that's a necessity. But I would like to have more tools to have other languages and to be more equitable to access for these other jurisdictions. So one of the things we voted on last epoch that we've continued this epoch is we have a dedicated budget of um, 200,000 grape for a Chinese community and 200,000 grape to a Indonesian community. Um, and it's been fantastic, uh, you know, uh, localizing all of the content, translating everything. Um, now they're there. I know the Chinese crew, which they've chosen to have the name, the Panda crew. Um, the Panda crew I know is also actively looking for other, uh, Chinese speaking, uh, founders or projects or contributors to come in and do AMAs in Chinese. Um, I think the, you know, the Indonesian community is going to be doing the same. I love that. You know, uh, when you think about, and when you look at most DAOs today, they're extremely localized. Like uh, FWB, most of the members are in New York or LA or maybe Miami, but you know nowhere else. It's not like there's this one FWB guy in Nigeria or something. Um, whereas with Grape, I want specifically, I want us to lean into these hard things: time zone coordination. That's a very tough uh, thing to to solve, especially when it comes to the making decisions rapidly and equitably. But it is a problem, right? And uh, I think um, it's it, it's the direction we want to go in and to, is be as neutral on every aspect, neutral by location, neutral by time zone, by by language. Um, and, the, you know, it's, it's a hard problem, but those are the kind of ones we want to fix. Yes. So that's a great topic to go into, which is how do you then activate these community members to move up what I like to call like the engagement ladder or hierarchy, right? Because when you have new members, they first kind of like know about you, like they're aware and they start to follow and they might start to consume some of the content, right? They might enter some of the servers. They might see the chats going on. They see a bit of like the Twitter updates. They read the posts. They might join the first game. And then you start to have more engagement and participation. These may be attending some events, right? Commenting, chatting, liking, following, things that require a bit of action. But what we really want to bring people to is the highest level of engagement. Things like joining a sub like finding a job, right? Actually creating proposals that will truly affect the community and becoming like a, a pillar. And like there, there needs to be a smooth funnel that, you know, onboards and also transitions the people who want to upgrade their uh, level of engagement to that point. So I'd I love to just talk about your experience here with the Great Network. How has it been with like, onboarding from fresh people and all the way up to getting people to submit proposals, which I understand is still a challenge today. Yeah. So um, I think that any DAO, this is, this is the area they need to focus on first, um, you know, outside of what's our reason to exist. Um, you need to then have your process for pulling people in. Um, so the introduce yourself channel, right? You, you need to give people a, a place to, to show you the energy level. Uh, some people that are just going to write hi. We go and we manually delete anybody that just says hi in the introduce yourself channel. 
Not not the kind of people we're looking for. If you're going to sit there and write 500 words, that's that's the kind of person we're looking for on the Introduce Yourself channel, right? So uh, you go in there, you can see a lot of great examples of people introducing. That's an, that's a way for us to see energy. So if somebody puts in a lot and they say, you know, I'm a designer, here's my portfolio. I've been in Solana for this long and I want to be doing more. Somebody will reach out and DM you. Um, it'll be one of the, you know, uh, more active people on the DAO. It'll most probably be a team member today. We are going to be making a onboarding expert, you know, somebody who's part of the community rather than part of the team. Um, now, let's say that you didn't have a great introduction. And, you know, to get access to our uh, workforce, you have to be holding at least uh, 5,100 great. Um, the reason why is we want there to be a bit of skin in the game. If you're going to be having the access to join this work network, we want to make sure that you're, you're, you're serious about that, uh, you know, um, responsibility, if you want to put it like that. So um, at that point, you have access to a, a page called Share Your Talent. And it's very similar to how we set up Introduce Yourself, but it's much more articulated towards, okay, this is where you're going to share. And we have a guide, we have a role guide, and we say, okay, if you're a designer, you're going to go to share your talent, post some of your designs, tag the designer, and then the head designer if you want. If you're a developer, share your GitHub, and then tag the developers. And the So that's how somebody will get into a skill role. Now, if you're not at the B level, you're a C level person, you don't have the economic means to get to B class, but you have the skill, we, we encourage that, we tell people, just tag any of those sub DAOs with your work at any time. We have a scholarship program where we will actually give that grape um, so that way the person can be at B class and join the skill role rank. Um, we are also conceptualizing a higher scholarship program where we'll you know, not lend out the grape, but we'll have it staking and uh, investing over time. That's another way for us to grow um, these, you know, these uh, memberships without having to uh, risk, you know, somebody selling their grape. Um, so we like that model. We haven't, we haven't started it yet, you know, because again, we, ideally it's not somebody that's on the team handling this initiative. Um, what we try to do as much as possible is set up those frameworks. Hmm. Now to go to your question about how does somebody get to the proposal level? Well, first they have to be holding as much as a uh, 20,000, 400 grape, uh, be a gorilla. The only way you have access to our DAO is if you have that much grape, that you're holding that much grape. Once you've, there's an application you fill out, which we host on Google, you know, super centralized, but the, the form is visible to everybody. And once a week, we look at that form. We do that publicly on a call where the entire DAO is there. This is every Sunday at 1 p.m. UTC, if anybody listening wants to, you know, witness this. And what we do is we look at, okay, what else has this person done already in the server? We validate that they still hold the minimum requirement grape. And we also pull them into a special channel for them to, again, introduce themselves in a much more robust way. Um, and we're, we're very uh, strict about the, the DAO application. So even if you're holding the grape amount, if you're not you know, semi-active, if, if we don't have a gauge of like, okay, 
Seems that this person's a developer. Seems like this person could be a great researcher. If there's not a clear idea of what you're going to be adding, and if you haven't already been participating in some of the proposal discussion, you're not going to join the DAO. Um, but once you have, we find that it's very natural. Almost anybody who joins the DAO um, continues it with that level of activity and starts doing proposals and starts, um, you know, voting. Um, I find the people who put proposals together usually um, already have some other project or, or something else they're working on and they want to bring that closer to great. Right. So we recently had someone propose their own NFT project to be incubated by Grape. Fantastic proposal, very involved, you know, uh, high, high energy user. And now this is an opportunity for us to reciprocate that energy. You know, like even if we my philosophy is even if the community rejects this proposal for incubation, we still should come together to see how we can support this member's initiative. Right. He's a great member. Uh, it's it's it should be our duty as as great members trying to grow Solana that um, we also try to grow this person's project. Mm, yeah, creating the kind of win win. That's absolutely fantastic. A little curious there around this slight chicken and egg issue, right? Because every tier needs to be token gated, so you need to have the skin in the game. And without that skin in the game, they don't know what's happening there. Right? So in a way, kind of like they need to be attracted by what's in the next tier before they either earn it or, or buy their way into the next tier. So how do you kind of like tease some of this content? And I, I know some of it's kind of coming through with like a view only or like with uh, channels like this podcast or other people creating videos and content around this, right? So uh, walk me through like kind of the transition points. Yeah, so um, the, 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 the easiest transition point is the rewards potential. That if you compete in a, any of our uh, games, for example, you make 5x if you're at the highest level. That's very transparent, right? It, it, mm. I love playing their poker. I've been winning in it. Might as well be at the highest level. So that's very you know, easy to rationalize and understand the transparency there. Same thing with our giveaways. You have a higher likelihood of getting an NFT or an airdrop or a beta test key if you're at that highest level. Um, the problem comes to what you just alluded to, which is the channels, because everybody understands that, Hey, you want to be in the grape workforce. You need to be at the B class. Hey, you want to be in the Dow? You gotta be at a class. Those are, those are very visible. Um, you might not understand how cool it is until you're doing it, but those, you know, those are self-explanatory with the channels. We do that staggered read, write permissions, as you mentioned. Um, we, we are have we had a philosophical discussion around, you know, our premier read channels, which are the, uh, Solana NFTs, Solana gaming, Solana alpha. So what we do there is as a gibbon, you can read the alpha chat. The chat is where the researchers go to discuss some, some fine tuning and some, um, new ideas before it hits the prime time of Solana alpha. So they can read that channel. Whereas the next class can also write in that channel, but th that class can't see the top channel, which is the Solana alpha where the most refined and the best ideas go. Um, that's only for the great apes. So like that, everybody's got at least uh, a view into one part of the assembly 
And we also create a recap, a video recap that we release usually around 48 hours later. Um, that's Metaverse Explorer. That's his name. And uh, he's, he's one of our great community creators. He does a digest for Solana Alpha. By, by having that 48 hours later, people have evidence of what they could have actioned on if they were in that channel the moment it was shared. Uh, most recently, like uh, we were very proud of identifying, um, you know, I don't know the protocol very well. I think it's called Poll. Uh, but, you know, it mooned soon after it was discussed in, uh, in Alpha, and a lot of the guys were doing victory laps. You know, that's something that we can package and then show, like, hey, this, you, would have, you would have known about this one um, if, you were, if you were in the Alpha channel. Nice, nice. So at every tier, there's some sort of a, a peek through the keyhole, so to speak, into the next level. And then there's also some ways to package it, like those videos, which are actually only valuable if it's like time sensitive, if you're real time there. Uh, but you get to know like, oh, this is what you could have gotten. And, and that kind of inspires people to want to get to them or earn their way to the next level. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and uh, we find that there's a lot of word of mouth, even within the, the server. It's great hearing, you know, Oh, I see now that uh, I can't see this channel anymore. Oh, what, what channel was that? Oh, it was this channel. What's in that channel? Like, so people are discussing it in the server because you know that there are things you can't see. I, I think that that's, you know, one of the magical parts of this is that you, you can be in a community and you know that there's, there's something there that you're not getting access to. You'll ask a friend who does have access. Um, a lot of word of mouth there, but one of the things we have to get better at is sharing these benefits and and communicating them more. Um, you know, it's it's there's, as I said, there's so much noise that people forget, um, and and it's not it's not common. Uh, most coins you hold them as a speculation. Maybe you farm, maybe you stake, but there isn't much else here. You hold grape. You are entitled to this membership. Um, and we want to make sure that as many people as possible know that right now there's about 50 million grape circulating over 20 million of it is held um, by discord users. So uh, that's that for me is success. And we want to continuously see that number grow where almost all grape is held by people who are on discord. Mm. Yes, exactly. Like you said, uh, if you have a project, right, rather than people being passive holders or speculators, you want all of them, you want to move them towards the more activated uh, members. And the proof of that is that they are on Discord uh, and not just like, having those tokens. Yeah. And, and as we continue to expand to other platforms, like I mentioned, we're on Twitter now. Uh, we haven't really rolled this out. We're still beta testing our own version. But uh, what we can do now on Twitter is... Uh, you can make an account where only people holding your token can see your account. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure out the different applications of that, but um, it could create, uh, you know, premium content subscriptions where, hey, you're, you're, you're a holder of whatever coin. Now you can also get the premium tweet, uh, Twitter uh, access, uh, but the only way you can do that is if you have enough of the coin. Um, and that's the idea is to continuously look at different Web2 um, platforms. I would love for all of them to be Web3, but we, we can continuously use popular Web2 and create those bridges that make these new Web3 interactions. Um, that, you know, this is how you slowly get people comfortable, those non-crypto people, with using 
um, with using crypto, with using uh, Solana, or getting a wallet. Um, have have the the difference be valuable, but very small on the friction, right? That the, you're not asking something that's foreign to them. That's not too difficult to action on. Yeah. I think at this point, I'd love to go towards a bit of a philosophical thing, right? Because so far, we've talked about the tiers and, and the value you get from each tier. Uh, some, uh, I guess, communities might argue or like some uh, people might argue that, you know, joining some of these communities, part of the value is the social status of like being part of an exclusive group, like, or I'm an, I'm an early member, an OG, right? And this is, to me, sometimes a little bit of a, a kind of a, ironic in a way because as you onboard more members then in a way you kind of dilute the value of it right so how do we kind of uh, balance between you know still increasing the value as like you get more members versus kind of possibly diluting it if let's say too many people are talking on the alpha chat and it becomes like you know uh, just another chat that's not as curated not as exclusive or you want to be able to say that hey i was there earlier i was there with these people who are like uh, solana ogs or like really deep into the DeFi ecosystem uh, while still maintaining that that inclusiveness that you want to onboard all these new people and as many people as possible yeah I think um, that's a great that's a great question and it's definitely more of a problem for the nft DAOs than I think for social tokens why do I say that the visibility of your membership related to your PFP is is the entire existence um, of the status, right? Like when, when Steph Curry puts his uh, board ape as his PFP, right? Um, that's connected to this, that if, if uh, you know, it could be diluted if there were more people, but you know, there's only 10,000 or whatever, how many uh, there are of uh, the board ape. Same thing with the, uh, the monkey Dow. Uh, there, your status is connected to your, to your PFP um to, to 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 that nft you're holding here we really don't have a uh, strong um proof of you being part of grape outside of grape so i don't think that there's so much of this exclusivity issue uh, when it comes to grape um because we're not providing something that then that person says look i have this pfp we're all the same follow me on twitter you know th that doesn't exist um, in Grape, that is something we could do. I think the PFPs and the, the NFTs do a fantastic job of of getting very strong tribalism, right? In that, hey, I'm a monkey or I'm an ape or I'm a robot or, you know, a Rory or, you know, there's a lot, there's so many of them. Um, the better, the bigger issue that you identified is the watering down of quality. Now, I think the researcher DAO, sub DAO has been very prescient in how they've treated their alpha channel in that top top channel only they can write in it so gorillas can read only our top level members can read that channel the only people who can write in it though have to have the researcher allocation the researcher role and it's very hard to get the researcher role so as long as we uh, stick to these kind of uh, primitives, these frameworks, um, it should guarantee a, a, an enduring quality and it should make, make the quality go up over time, right? Because what's going to happen is it attracts more eyeballs, 
more people want to be researchers. As the quality of researchers goes up, other researchers are going to get voted out or they're going to find some other role in, 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 in the, in the uh, group. Or maybe they'll go and make their own creator coin and make their own version of a researcher server. Um, and that's good, right? You want, you want people to, to go off on their own and make their own uh, channels as well. So I think, I think that the read-write uh, uh, permissions is the way you, you protect it on the dilution side. But I even feel it like, you know, when we first started out, I intimately knew every single member. I could get on the phone with almost any of those members whenever I wanted to. Um, now, it, you know, we're not even, you know, we're, we're very large when it comes to DAOs as far as, you know, we're one of the biggest ones out there. Um, it's only going to get worse. Um, you know, the best thing you can do is uh, continuously have avenues for people to, uh, to shine, to be identified. I think that that's that's the most important is that you 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 know coming back to energy in the introduction, you need to continuously have avenues for people to you know when their timing is right when their life is right this is their moment to share that energy with you and you need to have great um, processes in place to identify the energy and then to steer that energy right. Mm. Um, we just we so we do a welcoming call every week. Um, it's um, Wednesday at 6 p.m. UTC. And we also do it with video. Um, and, and, and that's a great way for us to also, you know, give people the opportunity to talk to us and, and to learn more and to get involved. That's another example of being able to identify energy, uh, you know, acknowledge it, see it, whatever, where we are failing and we need to do a better job. And I think that all DAOs fail here is being able to then, you know, put a path for that energy. So we met these two super, you know, rock star uh, contributors on our last welcome call. We've written it down. We've set up to, to reach out to them to do more. But still, we need to work continuously on how you put people into the correct path. Mm. Uh, uh, that, 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 that's going to be the, 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 the hardest thing. Uh, and I think that that's what reputation helps solve. Right. Because if we somebody in, in the Dow world is going to be doing the introduction and identification of everybody eventually, like, you know, if I come into the grape Dow, grape has identified what I can do. If I join the monkey Dow, monkey Dow has identified what I can do. We want to make sure that there's a memory of that, though. Right. Because if I leave monkey Dow and come to grape, there is no current memory of that. Um, that's where reputation ledgers are going to be super important. You know, uh, at the DAO layer, every DAO needs to become really good at certifying certain behaviors. Um, there's probably going to be a decentralized um, certification process of like, you know, what it means to be a designer. Or maybe we're going to look at this like universities. Oh, you, you have a designer uh, role from Grape. Oh, you must be a really good designer. Versus, oh, you have a designer role from, you know, the wipe my ass NFT. There's actually an NFT called wipe my ass uh, and a token. So, you know, and they might be great designers. I'm just using it as an example. Uh, that's, you know, that could be very similar to our accreditation uh, systems today where, you know, I have a Harvard degree versus the whatever degree. Um, but the, that's where it's going to be important is... Mm. 
after the identification, the memory of it, that way you don't continuously have to go through this grind, right? And that's one of the, I think, benefits of Web3 in this future we're discussing is you won't have to go through, you know, like every time you go for a job, okay, I got to update my resume. I got to go to, you know, whatever job posting places and introduce myself from the beginning and answer the same questions and fill out the same forms. No, I've already done it once. You know, whatever company has validated that I'm really good at this, and uh, that should be it. You know, we should be able to go from job, job, job very fast with low switching costs. Mm. You know, traditional world, you want to change your job, you're probably also changing your location. You probably have to wait till the end of the month when payroll happens, when your rent is due. And like there's timing uh, switching costs, there's movement of location switching costs. All that changes with Web3, where the moment you're no longer happy, click, you're somewhere else. You want to get paid now? Click, get paid now, right? Because payments can happen, you know, hourly or minutely or daily or whatever. They don't have to yeah. happen monthly. Continuously anymore. being streamed as possible as well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, in fact, I think, you know, it, the concept of jobs as itself, you know, will probably evolve, right? It's not like, you know, this is my job, like full-time, right? So it's about contributions, where you build it, uh, make these contributions and get uh, recognized for these. And I'd love to just touch on one one topic you you, meant, you touched on a little bit earlier, which is like about self-expression, right? Like these people, like maybe they research it out and really curate that people, but uh, they might have other paths that they, they are good at, that they can contribute. And I think that's where, you know, part of the vision for Brip Networks actually to issue uh, personal tokens or creator tokens, creator coins, right? And that is kind of like the maximum freedom, right? It's just like, okay, social capital and you allow them to you create value uh, on that in whatever way they like. So what's the what's the kind of vision here uh, with social tokens? How does it relate back to Grape? How does it relate back to, you know, Solana and all these partners that you've built around Grape Network? Yeah, so this is an area we're still exploring and building on. And I think there's two options that we've looked at right now. One is to go a creator coin route where a coin is bonded to another coin. So in this case would be Grape, right? So we would have Grape and bonded to it would be your new creator coin. Um, a good example of, of someone building in this area is Wumbo. Um, and th they, they had made a version of like a big clout on Twitter um, not too long ago where different creators could have coins. Um, so that's one direction to go in. And then the other one is to just be a enabler, kind of like a try roll where it's like, okay, uh, we can uh, make your coin for you. The grape community will hold on to, let's say, 1% of your circulating supply and then uh, go forth and conquer. Or maybe you want more help from the grape community. Uh, the grape community will take 3%. And then here's your token, go on and conquer, right? So I think that those are the two uh, ways. In both of them, I think it would be important that the community has upside to that creator and then that creates, again, that symbiotic uh, incentive model where, you know, you were born from this community and this community has upside in continuing, you know, seeing you grow. Um, yeah, I think that I think that that's how it's going to happen. I would I'd be so enthusiastic if, if uh, you know, if tomorrow somebody puts up a proposal and says, hey, I want to make my own community coin like. We need more people in, in Web3 and in DAOs. Anybody who's in a DAO already, I think it's your duty to really push um, what's possible and push on 
the centralization of it all, right? Like really put the team to the test of, okay, you guys say you're decentralized. Well, I vote on this. See what happens, you know, like, you know, do they delete it? Do they, do they, do they, you know, in, do they try to keep it uh, hidden or are they, you know, pushing people to get involved and putting their arguments against it? Um, yeah, I would love, I would love for somebody to apply for a creator coin. I would love for more people to just, yeah, push the boundaries of, of, of all the things that are trying to be built here. Sun's finally coming down. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's a good, good way to, to wrap up, right? I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, exactly like you said, right? There, to me, it seems to be like maybe we're too used to being uh, controlled by by platforms or being told by organizations, corporations that you know what we're allowed to do, right? Whereas in, in Web three, there there is so much freedom, and in fact, it is for yours to take, right? It is for the DAO members and everybody here to define for yourself what is the value you want to create, what is the value of your own contribution and how you want to capture it in your token. So I love that call to action uh, for everybody to embrace the spirit of Web3. So maybe you'd like to just wrap up with a little bit of a further call to action, you know, any shout outs, specific actions they like to ask everyone or who's listening in to do. Yeah, look, shout out to the entire Grape community. Uh, this is happening. This interview is happening by virtue of all of uh, our contributions together. Um, if you want to be part of, of, of this, you know, uh, reach out to, to me, uh, reach out to any of the great members, come by the discord, you know, introduce yourself. You guys hear that uh, we, we love a good introduction, um, you know, install that Solana wallet. That's, that's all we ask of you is install a Solana wallet so you can, you know, start getting uh, involved in, in Web3. There's 100% something for you uh, in, 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 in our community. Uh, and I can't wait, to, can't wait to meet you. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I'm also obligated to just uh, share a little bit about uh, Longish Ventures. And we're so proud to be supporting uh, uh, Grape Network through the Asia DeFi Network and working on some of the leading ideas that we were talking about, such as the creator coins and uh, such as like local communities and maybe even coming out some proposals on the missions. We're definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, and uh, I should have mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, there's many decisions we've made getting up to here. Uh, Long Hash has been one of our, uh, you know, perfect ideas. Um, being part of the accelerator, so much help. Um, working with you and with Emerson and with Burry, uh, the entire team has has just been rock stars. So if you're a builder listening to this, uh, you cannot go wrong in applying to the Long Hash Accelerator. Thank you so much. <laughs> that means a lot to us. Uh, it's it's 100% the truth. No, seriously. I uh, the, the help on like the creator coins. Uh, Emerson has to put that out as as a as as a template as a guide to the thought space. It's, it's one of the best assemblies of information I've seen out there on, on the creative coin discussion. We will, we will for sure make it a public good. All right. Thank you so much again, Dean, for joining us today. And for everyone who wants to follow, uh, please go to uh, your, oh. <laughs> yes. To, 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 to our website or to, uh, to the discord. I don't know. Go to the discord. <laughs> Yes, yes. All right. So we're here. We, we heard from Dean from Grip Network. It's been great having you again. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you again next time.